0: Welcome to RealCast, the weekly roundup of the Real Asset Markets. I'm joined by Paul Strome, Nicole Dines and Dan Innes um, in a week where Goldman Sachs suggested that the US might just miss out on recession, but obviously a lot of focus on the macroeconomy and, uh, and recession, both in the UK and continental Europe. Um, it was interesting that we had our focus on um, debt in Frankfurt um, and some interesting trends coming from that, Nicole.
1: Yes, uh, Real Estate Media had its debt, finance and investment briefing in person in Frankfurt, as you mentioned, as well as online. And there's a mixed picture. John Crant of Salux Real Estate said that transaction volumes are expected to be 40-50% lower in the first half of next year. The market is expected to be very subdued. He said that the default mode is sort of very much wait and see. Deborah Sobel of Allianz Real Estate uh, agreed that H1 2023 uh, would be very quiet on the acquisitions front. And uh, they said that the majority of requests the lenders uh, get they used to be for acquisition financing but now most of them are for refinancing requests banks uh, big banks big lenders are not in trouble they've been very disciplined Um, they have not been seduced by big lending volumes but private debts and alternative providers especially mezzanine lenders are expected to take um, a a hit next year and and there's likely to be some consolidation in in the market development projects are likely to be most at risk from the current crisis Stefan Schram A partner at Norton Rose Fulbright said that all the insolvencies he's dealing with are developers and construction firms, and it's a combination of the increase in construction costs, and materials, and labour, plus the increase in interest rates that's really uh, hitting them particularly badly. Um, Small and medium companies obviously are the most vulnerable and Oliver Platt of our CEDA advisor said that a lot of small developers are already underwater in Germany and in Europe. And obviously, as long as there's no visibility on the market, as long as values and evaluations are not being adjusted, activity is likely to remain subdued and financing uh, very hard to get. Irina Pilipchuk of Inbrev gave us a snapshot of the market. She said there is strong demand for European non-listed real estate debt strategies higher interest rates are making that strategies very attractive for their risk return profile um, and in 2021 she gave some figures uh, capital rates for european non-listed real estate was 12 billion euros which is a record high and she said it's very likely to be higher in 2022. it's a very sort of healthy development she said as europe becomes a bit more like the united states with a shift to non-traditional uh, lenders, which makes, uh, fills the gap left by banks, who are being, you know, as we know, a lot more cautious, a lot more conservative in their lending strategies, and that makes for a healthier, more competitive market. She said. Um, and looking ahead, you know, the UK is really racing ahead, becoming more like the US. In H1 2022, non-bank lending surpassed that of traditional banks and building society for the first time ever, which is, she said, shows what the direction of travel is. Um, so Europe is catching up, and the European debt universe, she said, has uh, doubled in size in the last seven years from 37 in 2016 to 80 in 2022 with a target equity from 25 billion in 2016 to 51.3 billion uh, this year and she said it's only going to rise. So some negatives but also some positives in the market.
0: Yeah, quite an interesting positive take, I thought, from um, the session there in Frankfurt with both Arena, but also Asim El Alami of Berlin Hip, suggesting that investors may actively seek ESG transition financing earlier than they maybe would have done otherwise. So interesting to see that sort of positive take coming from it. Um, Paul, what have you been watching?
2: Following on from that, really, as, as, as the Bank finance roof gets tougher and the cost of debt gets higher, more innovative approaches are going to be needed. And in the last week, uh, Collier's published a report which states that sale and leaseback will emerge as one of the most attractive methods for corporates to monetize real estate assets in the face of the current conditions. So, according to the firm's new report, the continued uncertainty in global markets and the likelihood of interest rates remaining elevated and the real estate price corrections persisting into the second half of 2023, there'll be a, a big uptake in, in selling and leaseback. An investor appetite for real estate assets remains strong, and uh, investors appreciate that assets that as, uh, are mission critical in nature are particularly attractive, uh, especially those that uh, tie into to that. Uh, growing focus on, on sustainability. On a separate tack, one theme that's been particularly apparent this week is foreign companies uh, entering the German market, um, particularly uh, on the residential side, but by establishing joint ventures with local companies. The so Nordic property company, Enrep, made its property acquisition debut in Germany this week and established a team there with uh, offices in Frankfurt and Munich. And it plans to invest 500 million uh, euros over the next uh, three years. NREP will target modern logistics and customer-centric rental housing, as it describes it uh, in Germany, and its first acquisition there comprises two co-living assets with just over 300 uh, apartments between them. Uh, The deal was done in a joint venture with a Swiss real estate developer, Artisa Group. The joint venture will do more together and plans to deliver 5,000 co-living apartments by 2025. The property it acquires in the joint venture will be operated under Artisa's established co-living brand, CityPop. NREP already had a presence in the country, having acquired a German real estate credit specialist last year. Uh, Also, Henderson Park is to acquire a majority state in a uh, company called GBI for one of its funds. GBI is a developer with uh, offices in Austria and Germany and has developed a 1.5 billion portfolio of uh, diversified living assets across Germany over the last six years. The company has been acquired on behalf of one of Henderson Park's funds uh, and GBI's management team will remain in place. GBI has got a brand called Smartments, and it aims to address the need for affordable living in, uh, in Germany. And with Henderson Park's capital support, it will now accelerate growth plans. The German living sector has been a, a bit of a theme altogether, and Student Accommodation Specialist the International Campus has acquired a student apartment building in Bremen which it already operated since 2012. And in fact, it was a pilot project for the international campus brand, The Fizz. The building's got 300 student apartments and uh, communal areas that will be uh, uh, renovated now.
0: Yeah, interesting, Paul, that focus on residential and obviously on sale and leaseback. And and that was a, a big topic in a number of the discussions that we had there at, uh, at Expo Real as well. Um, Dan, what have you been following?
3: One area that's been really um, interesting is the Italian market, something that we've been following on RealCast, And another um, Euro- pan-European uh, business that's got into Italy this week is Eurofund Group for the first time. They've acquired an asset called Parma Retail. Um, it's a shopping centre located just on the edge of Parma in Northern Italy. Uh, it's about 40,000 square metres in size, um, open air, um, but they want to introduce and introduce this uh, new Eurofund style resort approach uh, with fully um, integrated retail and leisure services. Um, and they're going to invest about 25 million euros uh, to create Parma Promenade. And that follows, of course, their sort of active expansion in the UK, Portugal, Spain. Uh, so Italy uh, is the new market uh, for Eurofund. Elsewhere, we saw a report coming out from Savills that, according to research, there's been an insufficient pipeline of data centre development planned for Europe. Um, And over the next three years, there's going to need to be quite a significant investment into that space. And based on data that they created with telegeography, Savils anticipates that the European data centre scene is going to grow significantly by 2025. And that the current number of data centres simply isn't enough to cope with that. And it's going to need to increase by about two and a half times. And that could mean about as many as three Thousand data centers in order to meet that demand. So, certainly want to watch uh, on, on Realcast. And of course, this week uh, is Mapic Week and one of the biggest retail, leisure, and entertainment events across uh, the world of real estate. Uh, to take place in the annual calendar based down in Cannes of course and about five to six thousand delegates are expected to attend this year's event so that's up over 50 percent from last year's event um, and of course we see the, re- the return of the MAPIC awards and the shortlist for those finalists um, came out earlier this month of course uh, with a few interesting projects such as um, best performing outlet centre that includes schemes from Nineveh, VIA um, and LANSEC there's also the best performing shopping centre award uh, with entrants from Sonai Sierra, uh, from Ardent uh, with Touchwood, um, and of course from URW with Westfield Pardur. So, interesting set of entrants for the awards. Um, we're looking forward to a very busy week uh, down on the Croisette.
0: Yes, it'll be interesting to see what the uh what the view is on the ground there at uh, in Cannes for for MAPIC. And we'll be in Singapore this week running an outlook on both Asia and Europe, focusing on the global trends as well as ESG and investment drivers. So it'll be interesting to be able to share those views with you direct from Singapore next week. Thank you, Paul. Thank you, Nicole. Thank you, Dan. Thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you next week for our regular roundup of the Real Asset Markets.